This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. For life. So when the Gemara talks about Tregav Nimanhig, there's two types of way you lead. We've talked a lot this year about leadership. And sometimes you think about leadership in the overt sense, either in Torah or in the community. Sometimes the truest form of leadership is Mani Baragla. We just lead a life that's worthy of inspiration and stars people around you and sit and learn Torah. So always keep in mind Tregav Nimanhig. There are two types of money. Both forms of Anhaga. Manik the other Mani Baragla. Years and years learning. Baruch Hashem Yosheh, Rabbi Sven and Mishpusayim, and the Mir Yeshiva, also has a tremendous family connection. Some of you may know that two years ago, about a year and a half ago, yeah. a year and a half ago, no, four years ago. It's almost, it's almost four, four years, yeah. Four years ago, but so, uh, Rabbi Sven from Kel and Rabbi uh, brothers in law, and Rabbi uh, Sven's father in law was I guess an, another interpretation of Mani Baragla is that you have to run around a lot and go around a lot of places. I think I met Rabbi Tarragon being Mani Baragla in America many times and he looked kind of uh, literally Baragla. <laughs> so um, I, I, I once heard, just nothing to do with this, but it's just such a powerful word that I feel compelled to say it over. They once, the Panavajarav, as you know, built up Torah in Eretz tremendously, and he spent, I don't know, 90% of his time traveling, raising money. He did that in Panavaj, and he did that here also. And someone asked him, what terrible Avera did you do that this is your punishment to go from place to place like this, you know? I mean, he spent his life literally traveling. And he said, I think it's one of those powerful um, points in terms of Chinuch. He says, you know, when you deal with Talmidim, you deal with Nefashis. Thank God, I don't think the Mazer ever did something wrong. But Peshogeg, nobody can say that he's innocent. He says, Golos is the punishment for Nefashis Peshogeg. And when you're dealing in Chinuch, um, you're dealing with Nefashis. It's something, I mean, the, the Shiva here has a very big Chinuch piece itself, all sorts of mostos of Chinuch and training people, and it's definitely a tremendous ideal to be involved in Chinuch 
and um, and you know helping to inspire the next generation of Tamir Chachamim and and the Klal Yisrael and bear in mind the responsibility. It's 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 a wonderful ideal and it's something to aspire for, but it's something that we need to bear in mind. You know, every time someone tells me and a paragraph, I'm sure anybody else who's a chinuch here about a wonderful experience they had that was a, that was meaningful to them, you also begin to think. And who didn't tell you something that maybe turned you away, Chas V'Shalom? And again, it's always B'Shogek, but it's something to bear in mind for those of you who are so inspired to go and to spend your life in, in Chinuch. Bear in mind its responsibility. Okay, I'd like to, um, a little bit, um, to talk about the uh, Matan Torah. It's uh, the parasha that we're sort of still holding it in a sense. And it's something that I, um, that, it's a fundamental in in terms of all of Torah is the approach to Matan Torah. I want to start with a Chazal over here and try to get a little bit into it. Famous Chazal, Gemara Shabbos Peches Peites, that when B'shoah Shalom Moishel Amaron Malach Hashar Eskian Kadosh he said, "Rebbeinu Shalom, what's what's a human being doing here? You know, this was Torah was around hundreds of years before and so on. So Ma'enosh Kisiskerena." So Akadosh Baruch told Moshe, "Hachzel and Shuvah, why don't you um, answer them?" So he said, "I'm scared. They're gonna they're, go, they're going to destroy me." So he said, "Hold on to my kisse, I covered, and answer them." So the famous answer, he told them, "Well, none of the Torah applies to you. You um, didn't go out from Mitzrayim. You weren't over up with a zara. Um, you you don't have a parent. You don't have kinna. You don't have Yitzhahara, and so on." So this give and take between Malachim and Meish Rabbeinu, obviously it's there um, to tell us, it, I mean, it, it's not a give and take, it, it's, it's, it's an understanding of something that's obvious. And Torah is an extraordinarily, um, it, it's, the, it's the noblest form of human existence, of, of existence, and human beings are faulty, no matter what, and it really doesn't make sense that Torah should be given to humans as to fulfill Torah because they're really, really kind of a, a, a poor paradigm for it. But so, what's the back and forth? So, yes, we need it. We're never from Miskeng, but let's give a marshal. Imagine um, I'm shopping for gifts, and I buy, and I'm looking at a coat. That's a few thousand dollars. I one of my when whenever my kids might so come to visit me, one of my kicks would be I would when go up to New York, I'd take them to like a very expensive store to shop. And I didn't shop there, but I would show them like I remember one of my daughters saw a price tag on a shirt for six hundred dollars. She flipped out. She you know so let's say I'm I'm looking at that type of coat. And the coat's worth a few thousand dollars, and I'd say, I know who I have it for. There's this poor guy in town, he's very cold. And doesn't you know? She's always shivering in the cold. This is a coat for him. That's that's pretty silly. He could do very well with a hundred fifty dollar coat that'll keep him warm, made out of you know some sort of polyester. And this coat, if I'm going for a gift, is going to be for a very wealthy man who this is the type of thing. Yes, we need we need help desperately. Fine, but um, that's not who Torah should be given to. We we could if we want to, we could have access to it. We could get help. But the Malachim's taina is a very powerful taina. 
you're talking about a Kaddish sense of what's right and what's wrong and, and, and what's, you know, and what's good and what's bad, and, and humanity should be the ones in charge of it. We also have the ability to paskin. We're the ones who, who, who decide what Torah is. So why is it? So Maitre Rabbeinu says, well, you guys, you're not so nebi. You don't have Yitzharas, you don't have Kinnah, you don't have Sinah. But that's the bottom part of it. In other words, yes, the Torah itself includes halachas that deal with our frailties and shortcomings. But that begs the question. Torah could have just been given Kisverizal, just deal with Alamaz Yonos, which we assume is the bulk of Torah. We assume that what we have in terms of these halachas that deal with our frailties and shortcomings is the tip of the iceberg, and there's these massive, uh, you know, Kabbalah underneath it. So why are we the receivers of Torah? It's a very powerful time. And why don't I tell him, you answer. Like, he, he was prepping Moshe. Like, what was, what was the, 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 the back and forth over here? So that's the point that I would like to um, deal with. Another point. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to give the Torah and to receive the Torah and, and, and to be the Neusana the Torah. The Torah points to one particular um, quality that Moshe Rabbeinu had. All of Torah, you have Moshe described as Ne'eman, faithful, that's, that's sort of trusted. But the one meter that's defined is Anav, Anav Mikolada, humble. So it's nice, it's a very nice meter. It's, it's a wonderful meter when you talk about Balmidas. But one wouldn't expect it to be specially important or significant for um, someone who is receiving the Torah. I mean, many of our great intellectual accomplishments were made by people who we would have a hard time describing as anav, unless we seriously redefine the word anav. We would have a hard time describing it as anavim. So why? I mean, it's 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 a great call. again. It's a great call. I I could hear somebody saying, despite that much of that, but the Torah finds one quality: Avram Avinu, that it is midas chesed, and that you build Christ on chesed. We understand that. It, it, it's something that Anivas is fine, but why would that be called? So I want to use a maral as a um, a, a marshal, and I think we'll be able to get a sense of of, of a piece that we're really missing here. The Baral speaks about um, why is it that uh, the, the, the halachet about Haggadah's uh, Pesach, Sipur Sias Mitzrayim, is bedafke bederach shaylo tshuva. Bedafke bederach shaylo tshuva. It's halacha. You're not yotze unless you do bederach shaylo tshuva. And even if you are um, sitting with yourself, you have to do it bederach shaylo tshuva. Why? What's the, what's the inyan of it? So Morel says, and again, more or less, I'm paraphrasing it a bit and, and sort of get a little muscle, but, but I, I, it's, it's the point that he, that he makes. Imagine, let's say, imagine you have a table and a leg that's broken, or, a, or you have to attach a leg to a table. So you can glue it, you can hammer a nail in, and that's okay. Much better than that is, you hollow out sort of a socket in the in the in the table, <coughs> and you insert the leg, and then glue it or whatever it takes. Um, or if you're very good, you don't need to do that. But 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 that is um, much preferred way. And the reason is, and again, I'm I'm going to sort of 
use a little bit of a personification, but but it's it's when something sees itself, perceives itself as missing, what you insert is becomes self. When you see something as extra, it always remains the superfluous. So when I have something that's extra, it sticks somewhat. When something is essential, so almost by the, by the definition of the word essential means it becomes part of my essence <laughs> rather than just being another piece. So long as the piece of wood is whole on its own, so to speak, it doesn't need the extra piece of wood. And so when you stick it on, it's added to it. And you can hold on to it tight, but you're holding on to something that's external to you. When you hollow out something, it's you've created a hole. You've created something that's missing. So now this, this piece that you inserted became integrated into it because that thing was missing it. <laughs> if you want to look for another marshal, um, in a very deep way, Zohar and Akeva, man and woman, we can have wonderful friends, and friendship is wonderful. But the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man and woman is that woman fills in something, fills in something that a person is missing. It's a world of difference. A friend of mine is a great addition to my personality. So it's me and my friend. I existed before him, and you know, and I can exist without him. It's less good, it's less nice, but that's the nature of it. But a woman, when I woke up, I'm missing something, emotionally, intellectually, everything. That's the way I could The description of the of the creation of Chava starts with taking something away from man, and so when man perceives a woman. He actually perceives something that becomes part of him because it really was him. So we have a setup, two relationship between two objects that need to connect. One is joining two things that each one exists wholly without the other one, and then you join it, or joining up something where you're missing something. And the other objects becomes its fulfillment, its completion, its shlemus, and then you have a very different type of chibur. This is true intellectually, and this is what the the um, um, this is what the morale means. Why it is that we need to have the shaila tshuva? If somebody comes and I plant adds a piece of information to my store of information. So, you know, either mise manien, or I, you know, the, I have the, the litany of all, all, all the different things that kids say, you know, okay, it's another piece of information that's floating around. Does it stick to me? You know, if I have a good memory, yes, somewhat. If I'm bothered by something, if something is bothering me, it means that I perceive myself missing a piece of information. And when the information comes, it fills a gap in my mind and then becomes part of it. It's not just another trinket sort of floating around and, and in my head. It's a piece that becomes integrated because it's missing it. It's like 
if you wonder about how something works, if you, if you hear a science class about how something works, X, Y, Z, you know, you remember it as well as you remember it, and as important it is to remember it. But this is something that always bothered you, couldn't figure out something, and someone explains it to you, they will stay with you because you created the, 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 the gap, you created the, 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 the whole, or let's call it clay cable for it. I, I want to just bring a parallel in a very different area, but um, it's the same halacha. It's, it's a more psachim in halacha. Um, in kashras, there's a big difference between a vessel with smooth walls or chopped, uh, you know, um, it, it chipped. Because it, when it's smooth, we'll, we'll assume, again, depending on the case, it's easier to say that something glides off it, whereas opposed to something that, that, that is chipped or has, like, you know, it's packed with holes, it will absorb stuff. It's, it's one of the things when you, when you do certain work at home. I, I don't do very much work, and I'm not very good at it, but I'm good at preserving it. So, it's, it's, it, you know, there, there are things, you make these little holles in the wall, then you plaster whatever it is, and, and, and that the grooves keep whatever it is that you put on it. So, anytime you have a, a, a hole and, and something that you fill in, that's something that sort of gives it the, the um, it, it, it gives it the, the, the sticking power because of this phenomenon. That's true in many areas. Let's go and let's understand a little bit more about what Torah is. So we can look at Torah as following, and this is a, because people are naturally comfortable with themselves and feel good about themselves, so I start out saying to myself, I'm a great person, I'm a fine person, I'm a wonderful person, but I can always use a little bit of a hishtalmut. So Torah is definitely a beautiful um, top layer to my fine, pleasant, moral self. The Torah doesn't describe it like that. It says, So in Bria's Olam, the final piece the final piece of Bria Sa'olam before Shabbos, which is sort of a new phase of Bria Sa'olam, is Yom HaShishi. Rashi says, Hoisif Hei B'Shishi, Bigmar Maisebreshes, Loma, Shehisnei Moem Almanashe Kalman Yisrael Chamisha Chum Shetorah. Davacha, Yom HaShishi, Kulom Tluyim V'Omdim Ad Yom HaShishi, Ushishi B'Sivan, and so on. What it means is, Akarish Baruch Hu left creation with, with something, a gap, unfilled. It's not that it's a total creation, a wonderful world, Tov Ma'od, and now we're putting another layer of paint on it. It's something that the world is an unfinished world. And now I need to come in and to finish it. So Matan Torah needs to be perceived not as something given in addition to Bria Solom. It needs to be seen as the Gemara Bria Solom. So just like if a person makes a Tanai, a person sells a house on a Tanai. So it's, it, the sale hasn't been finished yet. It's not consummated until you fulfill the Tanai. You don't fulfill the Tanai. The Kenyan and everything you did is, is meaningless. The world itself comes 
Briyas Olam left a gap. It wasn't finished. Similar to a, to, a, to a man when he does a gap in his being and it's left to be fulfilled. So for Torah to be perceived the way it ought to be, it needs to be perceived as something that fills something missing rather than a veneer that covers something that's already um, finished. So the Malachim came along and they said, Torah, it represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzin, it represents the most noble a, a picture of a Briyas Olam, man being faulty and so on, certainly is not the right candidate. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, you answer it, because unless you express why you need Torah, then you don't get Torah. You need to express why do you need it. That's the, that's the key point. If we're talking about who's a better candidate to receive Torah mitzvah as chashivs, of course the Malachim are much more important. You need to come along and say, I'm more desperate for it because Malach is a Malach without Torah as well. He is what he is. I am not a human being without Torah. I, I'm missing. I have a Yitzhahara. I have a, a desire for, for, for Ritzicha, for Gneva. The Torah makes sense only if there's a, if there's a possibility of Ritzicha. Losinach makes sense for that. And, and, and Losinach and Losan Rechayeshaka. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, yes, but if you give Torah in, 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 to people, it's going to land not as a nice extra, it's going to land in the kishkes. It's going to land where a person needs it. I was thinking, the word ma is an incredible word. The Maral says that the word ma'adam is a gematria ma, quite simple gematria, one in four is five, if you didn't figure it out, and the man is the man. And he says because Adam, his whole mitzvah is ma. In other words, unrealized um, potential. It's just like in Iman and Vrita, mahut is, what's his essence? What is he? So the Malachim said it disparagingly about man. They said, ma enesh he's a nobody, he is nobody. Moshe Rabbeinu said, ma enesh yes, but we have, we're awaiting, we're having nothing is, is means that you have a clickable for getting something. A Talmud who comes in and knows it all, it's not that, no, you can't teach. But when Sami Kalim says, I don't know anything, if, the person, if, if that's what the person's understanding is, then he's waiting to learn. If, if, again, that's his real perception of itself. So in the ma of, of it, and, and, the, the, um, and, and that's what I think, that's what Kodesh Baruch Hu said, to hold on to the Kisya Kavod, because the Kavod Shemayim is realized dafka when, if, if a brilliant Talmud comes and studies, and then he comes, he came in a genius and came out a genius, it's very nice to say he's my Talmud, but at the end of the day, he's a genius. But if someone who came in and he's lacking something, he's not doing well, and I'm able to teach him, that's my covet, because it's me as a teacher, it's not him as a brilliant student. The kvoichem, the, the, the kisya kavod means, Adam malachim say shira, and they do kedusha, and they're paradigms of perfection. But Adam's shleimus through Torah holds that kisya kavod. So we have over here um, a, an understanding that Torah 
needs a place to be chal in a person. It cannot be chal on something that sees itself as a Dava Shalek. That's why you find a Gebarah, for instance. It says that Tehrizim Shalemayim, that the water goes from a tall place to a low place. Because it's, it's only when it's in a low place that, that it's a clay kibble for it. If it's in a high place, in other words, self-perceived as high, the water is excess. It, 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 it just evaporates, it just it shakes off. It's only when it's that there. It's, it's something that we need to reflect on because it's, it's in a sense, for somebody who's a real Osek the the, the, the um, big Nisayim is the, um, the approach to Torah. Over the generations, there have been big people who, I, I would say very learned people, who've sort of floated away in different places. And almost always, this is the Nakuda, because if you come in and say, without Torah, it's my enoshkisis kirena. I don't have anything. My own understanding and my own knowledge, it can serve well for discovering what a Torah is made out of. But right and wrong. I was talking to somebody two days ago, he was talking about, you know, somebody was having some issues, and he was talking about using logic to explore right and wrong. I said, what does that mean? What do you mean using logic to explore what's right and what's wrong? I said, every, every type of analysis includes axioms and a processing of axioms. So I start with certain givens, and I start with a certain um, elementary logical process, and, and that goes in. But right and wrong, do you mean to say that my personal feelings are the arbiter of right and wrong? That's, 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 it's beyond arrogant. So, it, yes, a person needs to deal with it. And, and our sense of right and wrong is a sense that we're put in us. But to start with that, and it can't make sense, because I don't think it's right. It doesn't feel right. I mean, so sometimes there's a way to learn pshat, which, which is honest, and, and, and yes, you know, when a, person, when a person learns something, so we start with a, um, you know, we do have other hanachas, because we learn different sugyas, and so on, and we can start with a question. But a person needs to have that basic sense of it. Moshe Rabbeinu's midah, more than anything else, was another. Torah works best when it fills up the greatest percentage of myself. And if something, is, and from it to fill the greatest percentage of myself, I have to come to Torah with a, a complete lack of self. And, and, and again, there are times, for instance, my Rebbe of Chaim Shalavis Vanavrata used to say, he had a very picturesque way of speaking, and one of his famous shmuzim about Akar Satov was, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't, didn't, didn't hit the, the ocean, the, 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 the sea, because of Akar Satov. So yes, but Akash Baruch told him to. So Chaim had a very picturesque way, Chaim Shalavitz had a very picturesque way of describing it. He would say, Akar Satov is one of the Midas Shatorin addresses for him. That was the way he, he called it. So in that context, Akash Baruch's could have been directed to him. He could have done it through Aaron al Shlokshan Kamoso. So you're in a sense, and you know how Karasatov is one of the things that Karish Baruch who um, was Mechayev you? So, okay. So, so now, but when a person says, I, I, I can't believe I know Mechias Amolek, 
there's nothing, it is perfectly honest and correct to say, I struggle with it because I don't understand it. But my not understanding is not of value in saying whether it's right or wrong. If I start with a certain a priori um, assumptions that what I know and think is right, then, then, then I don't have a gap for Kajdrakul to put into it. And it's an important piece. It's something where um, the hachana for Torah is that a person is enough. That the person says, man has a sense of right and wrong, but, but, but he certainly is not the source of right and wrong. That I feel it's right or wrong is not why it's right or wrong. It's sometimes my sense, Kajdrakul gave me that sense. I developed some sense when I learned. So, so it can, it's, it's of important use. But um, I once heard a, 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 a word from somebody. Shalmi Yid on the street told it to me once, uh, many years ago. And he, 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 he told me, al It says by David HaMelech that when he cut Shoal's cloth, it says, Vayach leiv David. His heart skipped a beat, and he desisted, he didn't do further. So the al says, this is where the personal may never bother looking at it, but I just, I just remember the conversation, that's why. He said, David HaMelech's pulse was a pulse of Kedusha. And if his pulse skipped the beat, there was something wrong with it, even if he couldn't consciously identify it. Um, it's like sometimes you have a professional, like a, a highly professional, let's say somebody who's a surgeon who's very experienced, and he begins cutting and says, no, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't want to go further, something's amiss. So, so that's, that's, that's appropriate because there's a certain intuition built on it. So a person who's learned a lot of Torah and is over Hashem, and then it comes to a great area and he has a misgiving or, or a sense of something, it's meaningful <coughs> because I'm drawing on what I feel or what might be felt as, as a Torah um, sense of something. But to walk in, first of all, the moisture, the, 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 the giving of Torah was to humanity because of its perception that it's lacking. Without Torah, we could be Ganovim, we could be Rotschim, we could be many things. Um, that's because we don't have the inner sense of it automatically to be it. Once we have that sense that we're waiting to hear from Kaddish Baruch Hu, so it means Torah doesn't come in as, a, as an icing on a cake. It becomes part of the batter of the cake itself. It becomes part of ourselves. It becomes integrated in us. Because we understand that moral fiber is, should be the core of our being, and we don't produce it on our own. We echo it sometimes. We mirror it sometimes. We don't produce it on our own. It's when our Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, gives it to us and we absorb it as our basic sense of self, that's when we become the Ma'enosh in the sense, in the positive sense. Our Kaddish Baruch Hu wants people who see themselves as a big <coughs> empty Kli waiting to be filled. The more empty the Kli is, the more missing it is, the more the filling becomes part of it. This is, these are incredible years of your life where, um, it's, it's, you know, you're learning the Torah that's going to be the basis for your life. Whether some of you, Be'ez Hashem, will be Zohar to be Marvitz Torah in different formats, or, um, whether you'll be Osek in Torah and Heretz in various ways. Whatever you're going to do, these years, this year, two, three, whatever it is, is the basis for it. And the attitude that you start by saying, Hinein, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kli, Waiting to be filled, I'm, I'm, you know, it, it's it's the it's the ma in us. It's the sense of potential waiting to be mismali that really makes us a klipa Torah. 
Um, we should be zocher. We should we should produce that sense of humility for being able to incorporate Das Hashem. We should incorporate Torah and the Das Hashem, everything that the Shiva provides for us, and 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 thereby become a person whose whose Torah is integrated as as as, as his, the core of his personality. That's what. Yes, please. Yes, please. Except for Jacob, he has enough questions with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. It's, uh, you can start if you want to. The boys are shy. They're very, they're very big about their hearts. They, uh, Okay, so you know what? I, I would I, I think it's I think I mean my own personal sense of things, and I'll, I'll go out on a big limb for this one is that there's a need for different shvatim to understand other shvatim. Um, only Torah is a very important part of Israel. Torah is a very important part of Israel. Um, as long as people are doing things, the emes or the and because they they're looking for Hakadosh Baruch Hu and to do what they're supposed to in this world, and realize it with their own tafkid, there are many different important. I, I, I want to you know I came from a background that was, I guess today would be called centrist. I mean, I'll, I'll, it was RJJ of the old RJJ, and Rabbi Ryan might still remember it. Uh, where, where did you go, MTA? You went to RJJ? All right, 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 right. Yes, he was. He he blazed the trail. The, the um, yes, we went camp together also, and we 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 have a mutual pact that we won't say how many years ago. But he was a counselor, and uh, and I was a camper. And right, right. And you remember you and your brother were there, um, and which was considered those days. It was an those days, the school served a sort of geographic area, except for you, your brother came from Farakaway. You have to pay two tolls, going in and going out, right? See? <laughs> I remember. The, um, the, and, you know, there were many different influences. It was very unusual, because today, yeshivas tend to be a lot tighter around a, a certain ideology. In the yeshiva, we had, I, I once wrote about this, and the people couldn't believe, I, I, I wrote a hesped about a rabbi of mine, Zedel Epstein Zechariah Zerachah, was very, I mean, for me, he really was a formative experience. And I explained in my class, we had two Rebbes, children of Rebbes, a Rosh Hashivas son, um, what you would call today black hat, a few, a handful, what we call the Orthodox, but more. We had a Chabadnik, uh, we had in Turkata, Nick Specher, I don't know if you remember, it was in Turkata. We had considered rabbis signing non Shomashabas kids in one class. It was hard today to picture it even. I, I remember when I wrote it up for the Yatet, for the Hebrew Yatet, they couldn't get over it. They, 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 they asked me again, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, yes, that's exactly what the class was like. And then Rebbe had to deal with that class. But, but go, so I came from there and I went to the Meyeshiva straight. I was not 17 yet and I came to the Meyeshiva. Um, for me, the experience. I mean, my Rebbe in the mirror was Rebbe Nachum, was fully learning and brilliant, sort of my open, open-minded. I, by the way, if you want to get a sense, for, for, for recreation, when I was in Shiva, we went to Herod of Salvation, was one of Racha, the Artsai Shea, and other things. 
went to Bar Torah's Fabrengans. I also went to South Rebbe's Tish uh, and other things. There was a very different world in that way. But I discovered a world where being Shakua in Torah becomes yourself. And it's, and it's, it's genuine. Rev Nochum had nothing in his life but Torah. And it was incredible. He, 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 his, it was an incredible experience to be part of it. I remember the idea of being absorbed totally, 24-7. Um, and I, I'm going to share a personal memory of Rev Nachum because I guess this is what I can give over in terms... I've been in Yeshiva a few months, and I, um, and I went over with my Chavu to speak to him on learning. He's after my... Rev Nachum had started having... He was sick with multiple sclerosis. But he was still walking around, but sort of wobbly a little bit. And after Meyer, he was standing with his back to the to this farm shelf, and my Kavusa went over, and, and my Kavusa was a big Mitsuyan. He was speaking learning about Mitsuya, and he told him a Svar in Rafa Vamani. Same so that he mentioned. I don't remember that I read his Svar. And he, 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 he said a Kasha, and then he said the point he wanted to say, how to explain it. And then he had a few, like a Shtikl Torah, a few Lafizas, like you can answer this, you can answer this. And I remember as soon as my Chavrusa said the point he wanted to make, Rav Nachman's face lit up and he closed his eyes and began thinking. And my Chavrusa started cleaning and he stopped him. You just sat there a few minutes in rapture, like, wow, this is the perfect Hezbo. It puts the suit. And there were three, four minutes of just enjoying the light of that Svar. Not his. This is what, what a boy was like. And then he opened his eyes and said, what else do you want to compare? This? Okay, that works. This? Eh, leave that. And it's that, and so on. But, but it was, there was nothing else. Didn't talk about politics. Didn't talk about Machshav either. It was, it was Kol Kolo, Baba Kama, Baba Bas, and that was it. And, and, and you know, I, I've, I do have an interest in other things, but to me, that, that core experience that Baba Kama is where reality starts, reality finishes, is an incredibly important experience to put in a person's personal neshama. Um, you know, the, 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 the sense of, of, of sweating uh, uh, hours over a Rab Chaim and getting it down. Um, and, and the fact that the meal was only that. And then the other thing, I used to go and Yom Tovim to hear a Futner. I was very drawn to that. And, you know, I, I, would, I would go around some of those. But that type of experience is, is a very core experience. And it's, and it's important that people have a taste of that type of experience. And that's why... You know, there's always a, there's always a struggle, especially shiva like here, where, where most people are not expected to say long time in kolo. Do we prepare people for the for the nacionals and the issues coming tomorrow and the day after, or do we first give you a taste of of what emes is? And, and you know, there was a certain sense of pure emes that's very hard to duplicate. I mean, Reb Nachman's personality was emes. There was no. If, 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 if somebody said something that he felt, you know, cut off his, it wasn't, it, it, it tested his, his shit, he, he would sometimes say, you know, I'm beginning to have second thoughts about that, I'm right, and that. He could also bash you. I mean, there was no, you know, Emmis was Emmis. He could, he could, he could, he could let you have it, or he could, he could draw back and say, you know, on second thought, I'm not sure that what I said is right, really. And he would walk away from it. Emmis, he said, he would, I'll, I'll tell you another experience about Reb Nochum. Reb Nochum lived on the ground. His apartment was a basement in the yeshiva that the army declared as fit for a miklat. They certified it as a miklat. That's how far underground it was. 
Um, and there was a, there was a rack left there when they built the yeshiva, so they were they were short on funds as always, so they didn't excavate the whole rack. So in the middle of the living room there was a, a rack. It was painted, but it was a rack left over from the. That was the way he lived. He had nothing but that. The only thing he had was his Torah and his learning. And his Torah has started to become very popular. A certain Rosh Hashiva came, a person that, whose personality left much to be desired, let's put it that way. Another wasn't one of his, uh, and, and other, other areas weren't one of And he asked them to borrow his tapes, and those that had these big real tapes, because they're learning whatever was. So I said, sure. The, the, the person came back in the next month, returned those tapes, and asked for the next series. Rambam's son was very upset. He had heard from many people that Boshur was being said over that person's name. The person was sort of, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and that was before you could look it up, Google it, and see if, where it came from. So, so he he went to the other room and he whispered. Rambam said, "I'm not giving the tapes. He's stealing them. He's saying it over as his own sure." Rambam said, "Are you sure?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Fantastic. Don't know real pshat nesukia." <laughs> and, and you know, it, it's that was that was him. He said, "What do I do? I care it's my name." I think this is Emmis. And, and, and if this person says this over, this becomes this shit. Fantastic. He, and he was, em, I read Nachum the many times, I don't own my Torah. If it's Emmis, it's Emmis because it's Emmis. It was, it was incredible. And, and the Ruach and learning was like that. It was, you know, if I'll pass on Peter Emmis. So it's something that, you know, it, it, no one, you know, the, the so called Hashkafa of that, all of my yeshivas, it was never given. Openly, I would say it was never talked about in the Shmuzer. I spoke mostly about the other Muhabero. That was his big theme, but there was a sense of, of just it was unthinkable a person with anything but sit and learn kind of. So it, it's 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 an important. Unfortunately, today things tend to become either or, us against. And you know, and, and it, it's it's lacking because people in that world need to understand the issues and the struggles of people who are outside, people who are practicing. Medi- medicine at a very high Ramai in a very bad place and the struggles and the songs are not so easy and the people who who spend their lives need to understand the, 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 the certain Kedusha of it and everyone's able to understand how of a common the word Kedusha could be just another common and, and it is it was so I, that's I guess if I, if I just to share a personal um, I got a little bit off tangent but that, that's where, where I'm, I'm coming from that's, yes which is amazing, the Pines Rebbe. Yes. Um, I had a good of learning a few of the Susan, the Sikhs also, which I think is really Mamish involved with stuff. What's your name, by the way? Ari Kranik from Ranana. Ari Kranik from Ranana, yeah. Um, I, I hear people talking about the Pines Rebbe and the Susan were like world famous, and yes. his book, The Sikhs also, was published by Right. Finkel, if I'm not mistaken. I really turn stuff in Iraq because it's actually popular with the Pines Rebbe. And as a Shiva, as a leader, um, yes. the issue from Shanghai to Israel. So I don't, I mean, he was, he was my wife's, he was uncle by, 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 when I came to Yeshiva, so let me explain that. My Yeshiva was kind of a little more distant, he was older, he was after a stroke, so he couldn't hear, and he also was very, there was a certain year as I covered. Rav Nachum was very accessible, Rav Chaim was, he has covered, but Rav Chaim and Shmuzen were very powerful, they were, what's an amazing thing is, by the way, I can, I can, I, I can share a piece that's missing. Rechon Shalevitz, as a Bacha, did not have much interest in Musa. He was all learning, and, you know, he, he didn't go for Musa as Musa, that's, that was, and it, he had to say Shmuzin because the Mashkiach had the Nifter early in the Yeshiva, and they didn't have somebody he said, and they became, 
he became more known for that than for Sherman. It's amazing. Um, he, he had, I, I guess, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a word on Yisro that, that he said, he used to say, and I think it, it, it's, it's, it, it explains him a lot. Um, he used to say, Vayishma Yisro, the wrong translation of that word is he heard. He said everyone heard. And the words he said was, Vayishma Yisro is erhat derher. Now, the word derher doesn't have an easy English translation, that's why I said Yiddish. Just herren, which means to listen. Derheren means to get it. It's like, you know, it's like I explained before about, it's like when something goes in one and one out the other, that's listening, when you get it, when it hits you, when it hits you. Rav Chaim's, one of his great kohos, I think there were two tremendous kohos in his shmuzin. As much as he was a phenomenal masmid, he understood life, and people complained that his shmuzin were not geared to the yeshiva by guys coming late to say that, guys doing this, do that. But 40 years later, I begin to understand, he spoke about life and gave us like his solace on life. They're incredibly understanding people. The second thing was, he was able to feel the situation, and you wonder how he was able to. Let me give you two examples, just off the top of my head. Um, I don't know if you've been here, most of you've been here Shavuos or not, but, but on Shavuos morning, in, as opposed to America, where they lay in Rus the second day, they lay in Rus the first day here. So the, the reading of Rus is the universal time for everybody to get a nap, because it's a long night, if a davening is standing, for, for, for those who've been here, I see nod, I'm, I'm nodding. So I, I, I guess that's that. And Reb Chaim would stand and sob. You know, you can think of Rus Echas for sobbing, maybe Kohelas, but Rus, and Reb Chaim would sometimes speak. And, it's, and, he, and what he would say, don't you hear the story? A woman who was a princess is scrambling for arms, for, for, for the Davis, this is she gave up everything to be able to scramble for for for, for, for the leket and shikha. He's picturing; he was able to picture it and see a woman who was at the top of her society, royalty, reduced to a beggar because of her love for Kodesh Baruch and Torah for Emes to give up so much. You know, does a person have it? That was one. That was <coughs> one example of how he was able to to, to hear and to feel that. Um, he would he would tell over stories sometimes about his brother went to buy a pair of shoes for a kid, and he was able to live the the the, the emotional um, the, 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 what was going through the person emotionally um, in incredible ways, and and it came through in a shmuz where you learn to sense what there's one about about a molek. I'll tell you the story also. Uh, I guess it's not a Friday night fish, but I guess we. There was a story. Somebody in, in somebody in the mayor was doing something that didn't fit what the yeshiva would expect in terms of it was it was, it was in terms of uh, what the person was doing. Also, nothing, no avarice, but whatever it was it was something that the person was involved in that didn't feel. And somebody wanted to throw him out, and something like this and that. And Reb Chaim spoke, and he, it's funny. He said three nakudos, but I, I, the one I want to focus on is the is the following one. Everybody talks about a molly. Amalek, how bad he is, how wicked he is, how he's this, how that, and that, and, and his pure rhyme and enriches itself, and so on and so forth. Abhaim said, let me explain to you where she came from. It says, Timna the Pelegish, want to be Mizdabik Bezar Shalavram. 
And Avram, I guess she wasn't the caliber to Mizdabek. Avram wasn't taking her for a shidduch. So she went and married Aliphas, and they had the, more like the, the, the Chazal. So he said, she is the embodiment of a person rejected. And when a person is rejected, there's no boundaries to where a person will go to. He said, I will never give a hand to rejecting somebody. Unless you can show me that the person, um, if, if he's a bad influence on someone else, I have no choice. But he said, to reject somebody outright, I'll never do that. And I don't care if people leave the yeshiva. But to be able to understand how terrible rejection of a person. And he said it. it, it was good. He said it about Shaul HaMelech. It says when Shmuel told Shaul HaMelech, you've lost your malchus. You've, you, you disregard Rashi and you lost your malchus. So, um, so Shmuel told him, so Shmuel said, Could you please escort me out and do a little hail to the chief? He says, was he crazy? I mean, he'd just been told that, that he's gone, he's lost, he lost it all. So he wants another hail to the chief? What did Shmuel want? So Reb Chaim said, Shmuel knew that if he were to feel rejected, everything would go, everything would go. Because a person can live with that. He needed to hold on to something desperately. And that's why Shmuel agreed to it. And, and, and the, the understanding what it feels like to be rejected, that was inc- it was incredible. And Rukhain was very passionate. And when he spoke, the, 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 the place shook. And it was genuine emotion. That, that, was, that was what Rukhain was like. I, I, I was the one who translated them, actually, together with the, the AS over there was a pen name of mine because I didn't feel comfortable with Shaito. So I did the translation, and Elimek Lubin did the editing. I'll, 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 much more the editing. It's supposed the editing that, that, it's, that, it's, that it's good. Um, but, but the, um, it was, you know, it, it's very hard because it, it, it was almost, the time was such a brilliant intellect, and in learning was all learning, and he could learn for hours and days at a time, but he had tremendous passion, emotional sensitivity, that was that was a very it was an incredible combination. Yes. Yes. What's your name? If you just ask. From where? Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. So we hear a lot about um, the, the size of the mirror. The what? The size of the mirror. How many people? Yes. I want to know what what type of impact it has on your learning, learning in such a large group. Josh. Does it does it was it a significant aspect of? So when I came. There were 300 people in the base marriage, which in those days was a lot. In those days, I, I don't think we understand the, 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 um, the exponential increase. The, the generation after the war probably had 30 people in yeshiva, 40 people in yeshiva. That was considered a big yeshiva. Tells had 30, 40 when it started. It was a big yeshiva. When I came to the mid, about 300. Panovich, um, Lakewood, and Heaven probably had 400 apiece. And but it still seemed quite huge. And it, it, there's something about the power and the energy of so many people learning together. I don't know. I, I have my own hesitations about when something becomes too big, um, you lose. I mean, I could speak to enough from learning anytime I wanted to. Um, I had to take the risk of him yelling at me. But other than that, he was there and he was very approachable. I Reb Chaim, I knew. I'd spoken to him a few times. I could have a younger man. Who was a, an Adam Godel sitting on a bench next to me and asking for something, you know, chat or whatever it was. 
when it becomes very big, I'm not, I wonder, I wonder, like, I'm frightened at the idea of it being thousand people. Um, and, and it's, it's just proportionately, you, you've lost that sense of Rebbe and so on. But there is, there is a certain element of having the energy of so many people focused on something. So, so there's a balance between um, having it personal enough and having it's certainly a few hundred people in, in a, an environment where everybody's learning and OSIC in the same sugi is very, very powerful. That's, uh, that's a certain kohorabim. But I, I have my, my own wonder. I wonder if, if um, you know, if, if, if you're not losing that sense of a personal Rebbe, which I think is very important. I mean, the big yeshivas in, in Europe, and Mir had 400 in Europe, and it was the giant yeshivas, Sabotka had 300, There's a book, actually, somebody put out, I think it's called The O's or the something, a fellow Kublianski, he's a front person, Betsy Kublianski, he put out about the European yeshivas between the wars, um, very scholarly, it's a very great work. It's basically facts and figures, numbers, where the money came from, when places open, closed, what is very, very, an extremely good balance between being very objective and academic without inserting any, any of his own personal feelings. Just, just maps out the different combination, how the war affected it, how old it won. But the numbers are... The numbers are all the amount of yeshiva bacham in Europe, what twenty five hundred maybe in, in Litvish Europe, in, in in White Russia, in Lita, and in, and, and you know the part of Poland that belonged to that part. And you know, Sidham had a very different dynamic; they didn't have yeshivas really. But uh, in terms of that, it was I don't know. It's it's a it's a big thing to be able to learn a big yeshiva. You know, I encourage boys by us in yeshiva to spend at least a man in the mayor, like just to get a sense of having that power of, of a rabbi. But, but I, you know, I wonder at, at what point should, should it become more units rather than just a, a, a humongous unit. Yes? What does it take for your Bechina to get to the Mir? To the Mir? Yeah. Um, I told Reb Nachum Shtigl and it's interesting. I told him two things. I, I was young. I was, I was not 17 yet. I, I, I'd just gone there and... I, it was a mistake. I thought I had a cousin, and I figured it'll ha- there were no American yeshivas those days. Nothing existed. I think Karen Yavna might have been one. I knew one boy had learned to be an American, and I knew one boy had learned Farsidim. That, 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 that was it. I came as a, a young boy, and in retrospect, I'm kind of horrified. <laughs> and, and, you know, just but so I told him over a shtickle of my own, which he dismembered. He was not happy with it. I told him over a Shimon, not a, not a big thing, but. I think, I, I think he was pleased with the way I said it, and that was like the basis for. Uh, but they would, the mirror. It's interesting. The mirror in Europe was very selective. I don't know if it was because of money or because the sheet was like that. In there to stroll, they were desperately trying to build up. They were more inclusive. You know, they would give you a little bit of a hard time if they felt you weren't serious and so on. They would sort of try to tell you, you know, try somewhere else. You weren't real. And I'm like, I'm happy. I think in the end they just wanted to. There was nothing doing. There weren't. They, 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 I think their, their sense was Eislas is Lashem. But I, I never was able to understand which was the Ica, which was not. I don't know, something I, I wonder about. I had one opportunity to ask. Demir had a secretary of Yosef David Epstein, or J.D. Epstein, some of you might have known from Dolph. He was an incredible person. And he, he wrote some very important Sparim, Mishpana Shalom, and things like that. He son just passed away as a primary Epstein, a very chashbal like with Rosh Hashiva, from that circle. I once spoke to him, I asked him, I, I want to ask you a question. 
was the mirror shita that they should take everybody except they didn't have the money in Europe or space or anything? Or was the shita to be selected? But after the war, you needed to, to build up a new director. He said, my father's biggest mida was confidentiality. He was a, he was a secular revolutionary and he didn't speak a word. He told me, he said, my father, uh, J.D. Epstein, had told me that there were two things that Lizzie told him that changed his life, and he never wanted to tell me what they were. He never spoke about this either, and he took his, he took his understandings to this grave. So I, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> it was something that they were... Um, I, by the way, I, I, in, in New York, I, I give the beginners for the mayor. So... Um, uh, the, um, one of the things about the mirror, I always say, I, I, my, my brother asked me four or five years ago, I'm not speak speaking more, <coughs> sorry, five years ago when it was, things got difficult for him and it was very hard to travel. So he asked me to fill in temporarily. So it's been, it's been a while. And I always tell people the three most memorable people that took the penis, that uh, took the mirror that I remember. One was the Satma Hasid, one was somebody from Lakewood, and one was somebody from Gush. Uh, he's today, I don't know, I, I, I could say it, I guess, but I, I don't think much. Today, he's a son of a very hush hush in New York, and I was blown away. He told me to stick on your I was floored. Uh, so that's the mayor. There was a Satma Chassid, there was a and he told me, this this fellow, he told me, I, I subsequently, I was in YU for Shabbos, I, we ate together, I schmoozed with him, and I told him that, you know, I, I tell you that three people are impressed, and that's the mayor Shiva. So he told me he was sitting in the dining room of yeshiva, talking to an Israeli bacha who had learned in Brachfeld was down the mirror, a Sparty boy. And he said, I was thinking to myself, we're so different. He's Sparty, I'm Ashkenazi. He's Israeli, I'm American. He's wearing a black hat, I'm wearing Kippah Shurga. What Yivamas is Yivamas the same. And we both have the same Gishmak Yivamas. And that was one of the things that, that, that was very unique about the mirror. They, they, they very much, you know, they had, they certainly, they certainly belonged well within the yeshiva camp and that good, so to speak. That was the, but it never was a topic. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was learning and being serious about the learning. Being, uh, Rabbi Shapti Rappaport was, when I came, he was uh, one of the older Bachram, he was there for many, like three, four years at least. And he was part of the Kabul of Rabchai. And it was interesting. And the, the, the mirror was a very big doggish on, on learning. And Aaron's kind, they valued if a person was serious or a person was frivolous or, or you know, if he wasn't a good person because there was something wrong with his person, arrogant, frivolous, something like that, they, they, would, they would call shoulder a person. But if the person was Emmis and Snap, it was, it was unique. I don't know, that was a, quite the... Well, what type of Tachina do you get now? <laughs> you, you'll get a discount <laughs> if you. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, it's usually the customers they take over Shlegotaira, and then I ask them to learn something inside. That's the, again, they're trying. The mere wanted the, the, the shita of Nelson Sweet put into place was we want to be as open to as many people as possible, but someone who's not going to make it because he can't or because he's. Um, or because the person, you know, they also check up, they've learned that they want a person that has the ability, the skill to make it, and the rutsin to make it. That's really what, but the but Torah should be for everyone. You know, the Torah should be for elite is puzzle. That was, in other words, that was the antithesis of it. I want to tell you, once we're speaking again, I guess we're just sort of all the conversation. This is a story that someone told me three weeks ago. 
somebody came to my house. Somebody called me up in Silver Spring and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm in the U.S. Army. I'm stationed for a few days in Bethesda and I would like to speak to you. Okay. So I said, come. So he came down. A very from looking guy. A person who's, he, he looks kind of very, I guess, a, a modern person, but you know, mannerisms and, and definitely learned in yeshivas, learned in Demir, in, in New York, learned in Demir, in, in here. He was in his mid-30s. He had been he had been in two careers, and he had been in the U.S. Army for quite a while as a chaplain, and now there was a, there was a career change, and he had certain things he wanted to discuss. But he's talking about his background of life, and he said for many years he had been a social worker in South Dallas, which explained to me like, Gehenna does not have lower Maduras than South Dallas. He said, what Katrina washed up ended up in South Dallas. He said, you won't, and he, and he said one of his struggles was to retain an identity of self in that situation. You deal with people that, I mean, Storm and Amora are sort of kalalehem, as they say, you know, katanalehem, you know, and, and, and so on. So, so he said, do you know what kept me? <coughs> And this blew me away. He said, he learned the Meishiva for the years. He was called Shabnas and Svir, and he was a person who was able to reach out to many people. He came back to America, got married, and came back to learn in Meishiva. He said, I ended up learning only a few months. But when I walked in, the Svi saw me, he had a big smile on his face, and he said, welcome home, Svi. And he said, that welcome home, Svi, is what I hold on to. You know, it, I, it, it, I was I was taking my story. It's, it's not an unusual story of Nazi Street, but to hear it from somebody, you know, coming to real, it was, it was for me. A, and, and I guess it was for all of us, holding on to yeshiva, holding on to a and, and, and yeshivas, it was common. It's, it's one of the things that, unfortunately, again, I see this as a mile in all my yeshivas. People will come back to yeshiva for Shani and Kippur. People will call up for yeshiva. A, a yeshiva is not a school that... There was a segment in your life, and you passed on. It's not a school. It's 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 where you are, and holding on to it, keeping a kesher kerbeim, coming back for a yontif, spending yachakalas. I'm I'm staying at the well, in Prima Palace, and they have so a, a, a whole group of 25, 30 Lakewood Balabatim people are working. They come for a week with with a rebbe to sit and learn. Meishiva has yachakalas. They have 80, 90, 100 people that come, take off a week. And it's more than what you learn in those three or four days. It's you're part of yeshiva again, and, and that's and that's something that I think um, needs to become part of of, of this setting. Of, of you know, a yeshiva is not a shana aleph and not shana bet and a gimel. It, it's a lifetime. You spend a year or two, but but rebbeim, Hashem, you know, don't need to tell you, you, you know, you have a wonderful staff. You have people that are here. It, it's you have shrashim here, and 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 they did to come to yeshiva for yom neroyim. Those are things that, that give a different perspective on life. And, and you know, it's, it's something that is, 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 you know, life is tough. You, everyone here is idealistic, and everyone here is very turned on. But there's a long proof afterwards. We're in a very different world. You're immersed in a different world, different values, different society. And holding on to, to reality, holding on to MS is, is very important. And I see it. I mean, we, we, I mean, Baruch, our yeshiva deals with boys who come back from Eretzisrael. You know, more yeshivish crowd, and and but are people that are into professions, and and I am and, and I after twenty years, I said how important it is to feel that you that you still have a hand, you know, that there's still a hand to reach out to whenever you want, wherever you want. It doesn't be for major things. 
just feeling it's a part of connecting, reconnecting, coming for shots, coming for something. You know, it's it's um, it's it's absolutely essential. Yes. Uh, why does Revy choose to live in a smaller community like Silver Spring when if Revy moved to New York or made Aliyah, Revy could make uh, arguably larger uh, difference? You know, I guess you get stationed and you don't have all of the input where you get stationed. <laughs> you know, there were many factors where my feeling was this is where I was stationed. I, I was, um, you know, I'd been, I lived 25 years now to Israel and when I finally, for six years I commuted to Silver Spring because I couldn't, I, I couldn't, uh, be able to make a decision to move. But um, when I did, I met a Chinooks advice. I, I spoke and I said, um, I don't understand like how I'm making a Chinooks advice for a house in Chutzlerz when I had a house in Yerushalayim and so on. And I said, you know, my feeling is I gave it much thought. My place in life is Shevet Levy. And we're, it's like an army. It's, it's, it's the, what's Kavua is not the physical location, but the job you're doing. And if this is, if my feeling was, you know, my feeling, I spoke of Rebbein, that this is the right place, then this is unposted. I, you know, I, I don't belong there. It's not, you know, it's, I belong doing what I'm supposed to do. And, and you know, I hope I made the right decision for that. I find it, uh, you know, Chaim used to say it all over the peak. Hoyle, the, the Gemara says there, because of Yashem Yachem Yisu, it's commander Kvi, though. It's, it's, it's a certain Kvias when you feel that way. I, you know, it's, uh, Yes. Um, the, the, I was talking a lot about transmitting. You also mentioned how you used to go to Fatma to to Slovakia. Yeah. That's a, bit like the, a little bit like how you how you see all the the various outside influences, like outside of the. And, you know, if, if a person has no place that he belongs to, he's ruthless. Should, if a person is closed into his place, there's sort of a, 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 a what you call it, it it's very dry and, and you know, I, 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 I like I said, the, the mayor was me and that was fit me and that was my roots. I, I had an interest and I felt I could get things and, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's my person, it's my nature of it. Hutner has a, a, a very fascinating letter. And again, I hope I can give over, the, you have to catch the flavor of it. Rafutner was a broad, as broad as they come, extremely broad person. And his whole genre of machshava was kind of a bit alien to much of the Yeshiva world. And many people were swept up by it. But, so someone wrote him a letter that doesn't get what's, what's it all about, what he needed for him. Rafutner wrote, answered him. The person wrote back a second time that he doesn't get it. And so on. And Rafutner explains. And then he writes at the end. Rafutner had a beautiful turn of phrase. He says, and if you still, if I still haven't succeeded in explaining to you why this is necessary, you're right. You don't need it. You can do without it. The Koran Yalecha mitztamek v'yafalo. In other words, the v'yafalo is a halachic terminology. When you cook on Shabbos, so at a certain point, the food, instead of cooking more, begins to dry out. Sometimes when it dries out, if you happen to like dry don't, it's approving it. So mitztamek means to become it dried out to desiccate, and and viyafalo means this. So he said, you know, for some people, this is your personality. This is all you need. It's good for you. You know, I, I did I did have an interest in seeing other things and, and exploring other things and getting to other things. But you know, but but it's important to have a core sense of who you are first and foremost, and everything else becomes a, a broadening of the person.
Okay, uh, I'm, it's a fascinatingly, a very interesting, uh, you know, I, I see people have a lot of interests, and uh, I, I, as, like I said before, never substitute floating and flirting in other places from working and stuff and learning, but if, if you work on your core and sit and learn something and you see other worlds, other places, other things that there's what to gain from, then, then it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a wonderful addition and uh, use, use your ears well. Like I said before, I really, I really think it's important. I think it's, it's one of the mindset of, of, of I, I think yeshivas like this need, and I, I hear, well, Gush actually has a whole settlement around it and people who live here have roots in yeshiva. It's a very important part of yeshiva to understand you need to put, it, it's a place for life. You're not going to be in yeshiva for life. But but it's Haimilmachsikin book, holding on to it, bring your kid here. You know, I, one of the things I haven't you know, I'll ask sometimes some head of affair, who's your Rebbe's Rebbe? I'm I'm a ghost at how many people don't know. What do you mean who's her you know, the stories of Haim Nachum are not stories, they're, they're me. This is this is this is me. And I, I, it would be unimaginable I could tell you exactly where Haim and who Rab Nachum's Rebbe were because that was they didn't tell stories during Shia, but that was part of it. You know, it, understanding that no matter where you go from here this is the Shorish, is, is the key to, to taking it with for life. Okay. Thank you.